This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's, it's, it's time to talk that talk, and we talk it like no one else. This is the stinking truth. Now, here's your host, Mark Schlereth. Hey guys, welcome into the Sync Truth Podcast. Mark Schlert alongside my co-host Mike Evans. Week, uh, what was it? Week 12 in the books over. And uh, well, first off, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. I hope your Thanksgiving was great. It was great. Did you, did you enjoy yourself? You yeah, got a chance to be home before you had to travel out? Absolutely. Had all the kids there, the grandkids good. there. We uh, it was it was it was awesome, man. It was always it's always good to kind of I love Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving was always a great time as a player and you know, now as a broadcaster to be home and, and um, not to travel out on Thursday. We pushed that back to uh, Friday. Um, but it was good. Yeah, it was great. So you got a chance to watch some football. We'll get to sure. the Thanksgiving observations here in, in just a second. But do we have a leader in the clubhouse for game of the year between the Philadelphia Eagles and Buffalo Bills? Oh, wow. Yeah, right? Fantastic. That's got to be one of the games of the year, no question. I don't know what I put ahead of it. Well, I – I mean, I can't, you know, I, I walk out of the garage. I can't remember why I walked out there. So, I mean, I can't remember. Trust me, it was the game of the year Okay, to this you, point. Okay. It, okay. Was, it was the game. What, what made it the game of the year for you? Well, it was just the back and forth nature, the mm. elements, the terrific play by Josh Allen and, and Jalen Hurts. And ultimately sure. it goes overtime and Buffalo gets the field goal. And then Philadelphia answers and a terrific football game. With two great dynamic playmakers in Jalen Hurts and 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 Josh Allen, so does this kind of win under these kind of challenges sort of cement the idea with with Philadelphia? They're the team to be in the NFC, or do you still have questions? Yeah, I think you know. Interestingly enough, about Philly, like anybody who anybody that watched Philly and Kansas City would tell you that Kansas City more lost that game than Philly necessarily went out there and won that game. So I think there were still some question marks. Now, there's still going to be some question marks because the Buffalo Bills, let's face it, we've talked about this since preseason. Something feels wrong in Buffalo. So as good as I think Philly is, and you know how much respect I have for Philly with the way they can dominate a line of scrimmage and all the things that they do well, and I like their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I, I mean, love his just his ability in general, his demeanor, the way he leads his football team. Like, that guy truly doesn't I, – I truly believe he told me, yeah, I don't – I'm not worried about being popular or being, you know, like – I'm not. I, I just – He's worried about winning football games and doing what he has to do to win football games. I really do appreciate that about him. But doesn't feel like, okay, as good as that Buffalo win is, as good as that Kansas City win is, we're really going to find out who Philadelphia is when they play San Francisco next week. Really? You still have questions about Philly? I don't. I don't. But I think America does. I think the general population still like still looks at Philly and has well help people in Philly look at Philly and have they don't like their coordinators you know they don't like this they don't like they're 
they have some skepticism about them. Something doesn't feel like it did necessarily last year. So I think this this San Francisco game for me really is going because it's it's clearly the two best teams in the National Football League, or at least in the NFC, from a construction, roster construction standpoint and the way they're playing. And let's face it, San Francisco had the little lull there in the in the middle of the season where they weren't, you know, producing pressure on the opponent's quarterback and all this, that, and the other, and 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 lost some of their offensive weapons when, you know, Debo Samuel went out and Christian McCaffrey got a little banged up. And so I think there is that that aspect that a lot of people feel like, at least in my realm or my sphere of analysts and people I know, feel like San Francisco's the best team in the National Football League. Not the, the not the team with the best record, but the Niners are the best team. Man. You and the 49ers. You and the Shanahan's. Yep. Yeah, well, wow. Yeah, I mean. Wow. I would think most people watching right now would agree with me that this is more about San Francisco proving that they're better than Philadelphia, where uh, as opposed to Philadelphia having to wow. prove that they're better wow. than San Francisco. Why? You, you do remember San Francisco Why? lost three in a row this season. Why do you hate the Shanahan's I don't so hate the much. Shanahan's. You, I just can't believe that. Philly is the team that has something to prove. You don't feel not like, San Francisco. You don't feel like more people have like there are more questions about Philadelphia than there are about San Francisco. No. Now I'm not talking about fan bases. I'm not talking about I'm, you know. You're just asking me fandoms. I, I trust Philadelphia way more than I would trust. Really? Well, yeah. So okay. you're telling me you would trust Brock Purdy over Jalen Hurts? It's not what I said. I, 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 well, talked, I talked about don't 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 do that. I'm talking about the team and the way they're constructed, yeah. and the way they play football. You've all you've you've told me repeatedly that you think Philadelphia is is built exactly the way you're supposed to build along yeah. both lines. Yeah, absolutely. And so and I think Philadelphia, I think Philadelphia's built that I think San Francisco's built that way as well. Uh-huh. I'm just telling you the general population. If you leave the mountain time zone and you go to Philadelphia, <laughs> the people in Philadelphia feel like Philly's got more to prove than San Francisco. I think I think there is a lot that I think there are a huh. lot of people that question that qu- kind of exactly how good this what are what's their record right now? 10 and 1. So Philly, who went to the Super Bowl, lost a hard-fought Super Bowl, uh-huh, and has a better record than San Francisco this year. Yes. Hasn't lost three in a row this season like the 49ers did at one one. point. They lost one to the Jets. And who was quarterbacking the Jets? They lost one game. Zach Wilson. I don't care. They lost one game. And yet, you believe Philly has to show that they belong, not San Francisco. I don't. don't, What what do you all think? What do you think? I don't believe that Philly has more to show. I feel like that's how the general population feels about their record right right now. All right. Maybe it's just you know. Maybe it's just my tête-à-tête with the uh, some of the some of those in the Philadelphia media. Yeah, I think it may be more of a Shanahan thing, but okay, I digress. Uh, okay, but meanwhile, I, can, I do I do have a lot of respect for you. The do, you do, and you should, and I yeah. do too. As much as you try to paint me as a yeah, Shanahan uh, hater, uh, is, is it fair to say? Let me let me pose this question to you: Is there another player in the NFL who carries more? Weight on his shoulders to carry his team like Josh Allen in Buffalo. 
No. No. It is the job. I mean, he had like 339 yards passing. He had over 80 yards rushing in that game. I think nine carries. Uh, and, and here's the point is this, Mike, for me, when it comes to having that much on that quarterback's plate. Like that dude plays the entirety of the game on the high dive. You ever climb up the ladder to the high dive? Terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying, but there's some excitement to it, right? And you feel like, man, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna steal my nerves and this is gonna be great. And I'm just gonna, you know, and then you get up there on that thing. And I don't know how high the high dive is, maybe 12 feet, whatever it is. But when you're standing looking down at the water, you might as well be a hundred feet above. Like it it it's terrifying. It's huge. And you have to play the entirety of the game where everything is on you. From the motions to the calling plays to getting out of a bad play to, you know, the the, the check with me and kill it package to, hey, you're going to throw it 50 times or 44 times or whatever you're going to throw it. And, hey, by the way, we're going to have eight design QB runs for you as well. And when we get in the red zone, you're going to be our number one run target. and that, Like, that is... There is a just a shit ton on his plate. And, it, and there comes a time, and I've talked to a ton of offensive coordinators about this, is that from Sean Payton to a bunch of other guys that I've talked about this, there has to be kind of what they call breather plays for a quarterback. Hey, man, this is call it, run it, turn around, hand it off. And you don't have to change the formation, or put somebody in motion. We're just going to run a line up in a static formation. You know, we're not going to shift in motion. You're not going to be in charge of a lot. And we're just going to hand this ball off and take something off your plate for a player, two or three. Is there anybody who has more food piled on a cheap plate than, than Josh Allen? And my, my answer to you would be, I don't think so. Do you get any sense that he brings that upon himself? That they'd like to give him more help, but he just says, I got this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, well, everybody says I got it. Every- but does he do it because of his ability to throw and run? Well, does he take on too much by himself? Well, sure he by does. By choice. Well, uh, uh, everybody wants to be the alpha. Everybody wants to go. You know, you don't get to the NFL and playing with by going. You know, no. It's like the. It's like you ever seen anybody, anybody like when you were playing as a kid. You know, and you were playing like 
uh, like you were throwing the ball and you were the quarterback and then you were catching the ball, you know, yeah, whatever, right? Or you're shooting, you're shooting, and, and you count down, the, everybody clowns down the clock. It goes five, four, three, two. You always took the last shot, right? Sure, sure. You didn't go five, four, three, two, pass it to Mello. <laughs> <laughs> right? right? As a kid, you right. took that last shot. Sure. Right? You sure. nailed it. Sure. Wow. Swish. Yes. Right. So everybody, like, you don't get the NFL by going, well, no, I'd rather not. You right. Know, not. So then it becomes the coaches. This is why, in my opinion, if this Buffalo Bills team doesn't find their way into the playoffs, Mike, Sean McDermott's on the hot seat. Oh, I think he's more than on the hot seat. He's gone. You think he's gone? If they miss the playoffs, yeah. If they miss the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, he's fired, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I can see that. Knowing how the NFL works? And we'll get to yeah. four examples of it here <laughs> they're, in a minute. Expectations. Yeah. You had expectations. Super Bowl expectations. Su- yeah, Super Bowl or not bus just sque- Not just squeeze into the playoffs expectations. Right. What are they right now? Six and five? Six, is that- and six and six. Are you sure? Yeah. Talk amongst yourself. Well, whatever they are, they had legit expect, And they, they just, I mean, they just lost back-to-back games. One to Denver and Denver at home. Six and six. Six and six. So the Denver Broncos just usurped you on the record. Yes. Well, not well. Six and six. They played twelve. You play. You're six and five. Lost column. Lost column. You know the lost column. I love talking about the lost column. You do love the lost column. I do love. I've I've educated you on the lost column. Oh, it's important. You have told me many many times. So let's go back to Thanksgiving and and what we watched over over Thanksgiving. I I watched Thanksgiving and then Black Friday the games. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong in saying Buff, uh, that Dallas and Miami are mirror images of themselves? That there's there's one team, Miami, hanging on the AFC. There's Dallas hanging on the NFC. And when they look in the, they look across, they see each other like identical images. Like how so? Just teams that look so good in beating up on bad teams. But the question is, right, right. what happens when they play the Iron? Yeah, there is. Yeah, they feel like yeah. they're mirror images to me. I that you know what? That's a great call. Like you only play the teams on your schedule, right? Sure, I get that. But when you play, like, does anybody as good as Dallas is? And they're exceptionally talented, man. Their O line is really good. You know, they've got their quarterback is playing at a very high level. They've got receivers. They've got Pollard, the running back. I mean, they can do it all defensively, man. Defensively, um, however good you think, you know. However, I had I had a, a coach tell me this about playing Dallas. He goes, he reached out to another coach. I just don't want to use names, but reached out to another coach and said, "Hey, man, how you know? Like, give me a little insight into into the you know to the to playing the Cowboys." And uh, he goes, "However good." You think um, Parsons is? He goes, double it. <laughs> like, however, however good you think that dude is, like, he's way better than you even think he is. And, I mean, he is, you know, he is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, 
But still, when they play a good team, I mean, Miami still doesn't have, when they played them, a winning, they haven't won a game against a team that had a winning record at the time they played them. Correct. Now it's different because the Broncos now have a, Six and five record, but they didn't have a winning. They haven't. They haven't beaten anybody with a winning record, and I don't know where Dallas is on that. Well, here you go. Here's here's who these two teams have beaten. Right. The, the Dolphins have beaten the Patriots twice, the Jets, the Raiders, oh. Carolina, mm-hmm. the Giants, the Chargers, and Denver. Okay. Uh, Dallas has beaten the Giants twice, Washington, Carolina, the Chargers, the Rams, the Patriots. And uh, the Jets. Yeah, none of those teams have a winning record. No, that they've beaten. No, so that's yeah, why they're mirror image. Yeah, that's a, it's a it's a great. Do you feel like either of these teams, if you had to pick one of the two teams, Ooh. who would you think? Okay, you say one has that's to be a, great a contender. Question. Yep, and one has to be a pretender. I would say Dallas is the contender. Miami's the pretender because I think Dallas is better defensively. I would agree with you. I would Micah Parsons and Odigi Zuwa and Lawrence and the guys that the guys they have defensive plus. What's the what's the cat's name that has five returns? Bland? Yeah, Deron Bland. He's got more touchdowns than the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> well, but um, yeah, he's got if you take a look at some of the best highest paid playmakers in he's football, got more, he's got more touchdowns than He's got more most interception returns for touchdowns than most receivers have. Most receivers have. Yes. Yes. And most top running backs have touchdowns. Right. Same thing. It's craziness. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, is Jordan Love figuring it out? He looked good on. I think. the. If I I'm think, a Packer fan, I'm I like, think, I'm I, like, ooh. I think the Packers are sneaky. Yeah. Like, I think the Packers are all of a sudden. The Packers may wind their way back in this playoff discussions in the NFC North. And, you know, the crazy thing is that Thanksgiving Day game, the Lions are all of a sudden, and, and this happens to teams, but they're scuffling a little bit, right? They, I mean, they're, they barely beat Chicago. They had to come back in the last four minutes of that Chicago game to score two touchdowns. To win that football game, and they did nothing offensively. Three interceptions by Jared Goff, and I mean it was an offensive performance that was that was horrible for three quarters, three and a half quarters. And then, you know, you look at that situation, and then, I mean, the Packers handled them. They absolutely handled them. So the Packers just seem to have a little mojo going right now. And you're right. I thought Jordan Love was going to have a bit of a breakout season. And I'll go back to last year talking to Aaron Rodgers about him and about how he upped his game in practice and how he practiced. He had this off-platform throw that they were raving about where he kind of goes sidearm between two defenders and it puts it right between like the ones of the receiver, and they're like, whoa, what a th-. – and it was an amazing throw in how Aaron had this conversation with him, like, dude, you got to cut our defense up, man, and you got to work on that. Like, that stuff, that's where you work on becoming comfortable throwing it sidearm and around people and through people and, like, make it your personal mission to shove it up that defense's ass every day in practice. 
That's how you get good at playing quarterback in this league. And to his credit, he like he took that advice and he ran with it. Yeah. And I'm with you, man. All of a sudden, the Packers look like watch out. Like that, they're a team that people don't want to line up against right now. And they got a lot of young players around him. I mean, that's an offense, right? That if, if, grow, you're, right? if you're a Packers fan, you're like, hey, I can really enjoy mm-hmm. watching this offense grow together. Yeah, with the young receivers, the young tight ends. I mean, there's. I I was very impressed with them on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Day. They looked they they're they're looking like one of those teams if they can sneak into the playoffs. Right. Oof. Dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous. I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I'm with you. Dangerous. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, speaking of sneaking into the playoffs, the Broncos. Your Broncos. Yeah. Left for dead at one and five. Gave up 70 points to the Miami Dolphins. And we we're wondering, boy, is Sean Payton, did you know, did he forget how to coach in the year that he took off? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, is he washed? All of that. Now here they are, six and five, absolutely knee deep in the playoff hunt. How has Sean Payton done this? It's amazing, right? Win five straight games. After a one and five start, you mentioned that game against Miami was probably one of the low points in Broncos history. Oh, easily. I mean, it was easily. It was a, a butt whipping, and it was interesting in the broadcast this weekend. Vance Joseph talking to the production crew, talking about how we haven't forgotten that. Like that is that is a rallying cry to hey man, if we're not on our P's and Q's, I'm not even sure what P's and Q's are, by the way. We had this discussion Pints once. Pints and courts or something. I think like that? it is something like that. Yeah, it's it, it, it's old. Right, it's as old as the hills. Like <laughs> you want a pint or you want a court. I think it's unlike. It has that. to do with drinking yeah. beer. I think ale, Prob- ale had to be ale. Yeah. A tankard of ale. Yes. Um, what we're talking about? Um, oh yeah. If you don't pay attention to what's going on, you are going to get like you're going to get throttled. We're not good enough to just show up. We've got to be on point at all times. And, you know, and it's one of those rallying cries. I, I'm like, I was mentioning this to you earlier and, and not to bring, you know, bring past history back into it, my past history, but I am my favorite topic. You so, hate talking about yeah, yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and go with, so what shy. I, with what I know. And that's me. Um, <laughs> losing a playoff game in 1996, the Broncos being a number one seed and losing that playoff game was seriously the catalytic event that drove us to back-to-back championships. I mean, we get in a game in the middle of the third quarter going, "Hey, don't let this ha- don't let that don't let that Jacksonville thing happen again. Come on, let's roll." Like, "Hey, I don't want to come in and meet with these damn coaches. I don't want to have anything to do with these guys on Mondays because we get Mondays without having to meet with the coach if you want." Right. So, I mean, there was there was these things that were really that game was really a, a driving force in winning back-to-back championships. And that game against Miami where you got beat 70-20 to 20, is probably 
or has been a driving force for this Broncos team to say, hey, nobody believes in us. And as long as we believe in ourselves and, and take care of our business, we got a chance for them to do what they've done. And a lot of it, I, like Sean Payton, I'll give him a ton of credit. Here's what we are, but more importantly, here's what we're not. And we're going to play to what we are, and we're going to mitigate all the things that we're not. We're not going to put ourselves in those positions. They're running the ball. They're controlling the time of possession. And I'm going to I'm going to do something that I probably haven't done on this podcast in a year. I'm going to praise Russell Wilson. Because as cringeworthy as he can be at times, right, and as cliche as he can be at times, and he's all those things, and that's just kind of who he is. His unselfishness playing the quarterback position is one of the reasons the Broncos have won five straight games. You know, you can shelf all this, let Russ cook stuff, because obviously what went down last year, that didn't work. But the bottom line is this with Russ. He is dumping it off to the backs. He is not taking sacks. They are running it far more than they're throwing it. They're limiting his opportunities to drop back. They've got the quick passing game with bubble screens and with swing passes and screens and all the things they're doing out of the backfield. And then occasionally it's, hey, man, when things break down and the first read isn't open, scramble around and make a play for us. And it's exactly what Russ was great at in Seattle, the way he won a ton of close games in Seattle. That's how they did it. And it's basically taking that blueprint and saying, Russ, this is how we're going to win. And him being able to go, all right, I'm okay with that. 134 yards. I think he was 13 to 20 something. I mean, it, it you know, it is it's the blueprint for how you win football games when your roster maybe isn't necessarily constructed exactly the way you want it to be constructed. But is it the long term answer there in Denver? Because his his story is fascinating because he is playing much better than he did last year. Mm-hmm. They're winning, and yet his contract looms sure. over all this. Because mm-hmm. for those who aren't familiar with Russ's contract, um, if they move on from hit it after this season, they can spread out the cap hit, which is a massive cap hit, that's right. some, I think $85 million, but they can spread it out over two years. But here's the problem. If they bring him back for next year, right. his salary for 2025 automatically becomes guaranteed. So he's playing well, but is he playing well enough to justify a two-year commitment right. at close to, what, $100 bucks? Yeah. Could you, could you sit there and say, hey, listen, based on running the football and getting, you know, 35 carries a game from our running backs or 30 carries a game from our running backs and another four or five designed runs from our quarterback and dominating the line of scrimmage and throwing swing passes and bubble screens and, you know, little little hitch routes and, and you know, the boot keep game and all that kind of stuff and having a couple quarterback design runs. Could we get the same type of production from a rookie that we think has a higher ceiling? And essentially, you know, we'll still be having that huge salary at the quarterback position. But by the time that comes off our books, our rookie quarterback is still under his rookie contract. Yeah. And so, therefore, we're 
theoretically we can build around that guy and create a better offensive kind of personnel. But then again, are you watching Russell Wilson right now? Does he look like the Russell Wilson that you covered in Seattle? Yeah. Well, then that's the guy the Broncos traded for, gave up first-round right. picks, and gave a $250 million contract to. So if that's yeah. the case, then they should be happy to move on with him for I the next think, couple of years. Yeah, and I think the other thing that's that's interesting is how will the offense evolve? How will he grow? Like, like how will Sean Payton create opportunities for that growth process still knowing hey man there's certain things that every player and this is not this is not me bagging on Russ every player myself included there are things that we don't do well I know the things I don't do well right and I try to keep myself out of those positions as a, as a player and every player has a few things that they don't necessarily do well and that's the coaches it's your job as a player to recognize that in yourself. And it's the coach's job to make sure that you know, hey, these are the things we're not going to do. I'm not putting you in this position. Final thought. We uh, watched the Chiefs finally kind of figure some things out scoring in the second half. 17 second-half yeah. points for a team that's been the worst second-half offense Correct. in the NFL. I still, It's mind-blowing to say has it did Patrick Mahomes figure something out? Is he starting to get comfortable with who he's throwing to? And that's good news for the Chiefs and bad news for the rest of the NFL. Well, I will say this: What's the kid's name? Uh, Rice, uh, Rasheed Rice. Rice. He had eight catches in that game, and we have over a hundred yards receiving. And we have talked about, you know, ad nauseum nationally and locally, anywhere you're at. They got to have somebody else other than Travis Kelsey. And all of a sudden, if they can get that development, take some pressure off a couple of the other receivers and have, you know, their running backs get involved in like Isaiah Pacheco and all those in the passing game, just to take the pressure off of, off of Travis Kelsey and off of, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Then all of a sudden with what they've built on the defensive side of the ball. And we talked about this, like there's this, and this is the the most chiefy thing ever, right? Like last chiefy. year, <laughs> yes. last year they were developing a bunch of young kids. They at some points when they were playing dime, they they had seven rookies on the football field for them defensively, and they they kept grooming those kids, and those kids kept getting better and better. And by the time they hit the Super Bowl, man, that defense was legit. That defense has been pretty much legit all year as they're figuring out. Who's going to step up at the receiver position to give us an opportunity to be special? And if this Rice kid is is all of a sudden developing into that guy, um, man, I'll tell you what, good things, good things going to happen with the Chiefs, right? Which is just like eating a turd sandwich, having to say that. That's tough for you, isn't it? Man, I hate that. Yep. Yeah. But it it's true. Like, it's true. Like, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are still that team, you know? They're still the team probably – to beat in the AFC, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God. If only they had a chance to play San Francisco to find out how good they really are. It's a good call. That's a good – San Francisco kicked their ass. Um, <laughs> anyhow. Hey, oh, by the way, make sure you uh, stay tuned because we've got the Leftovers podcast. I did the game scintillating matchup between the Tennessee Titans and the Carolina Panthers. Well, this morning, breaking news, Carolina Panthers head coach on Monday morning – 
Uh, Frank Wright got fired by Dave Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers. Um, and we're going to break down those two teams kind of after the game off of my boards and some of the stuff maybe that I got to or maybe some of the stuff I'd like to like to uh, get a little deeper in in the uh, Leftovers podcast. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. For everybody involved in the Stinking Truth podcast, for Mike, I am Mark. We thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe. Send us a note. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll be back later on this week. <laughs>